Welcome to Living Simply, a guide to mindful living and mindful parenting with your host, Dr. Gina. Hey everybody, welcome to Living Simply with Dr. Gina Madrigrano. And uh, how are you, Dr. Gina and Crystal? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Ben? I'm wonderful, thank you. Uh, Crystal? I'm doing well, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Um, What are we talking about today, ladies? Numbing. (laughs) Why people tend to resort to numbing when times get difficult. Yes, they do. Um, And what does that mean? So, uh, Crystal, this was sort of your idea for this episode. Um, Why don't you... Why don't you give us a little introduction of uh, your thoughts and what what sort of led you to ask this question? Yeah, um, you know, we did that show on anxiety. And um, one of the big things for me when my anxiety was at my highest was just distracting myself and like numbing myself. And, you know, that was one of the things that I learned um, in the class that I mentioned in that uh, episode and you know it's like scrolling through social media watching tv you know not not doing the things that are essential that need to be done you're just kind of um you know distracting yourself or numbing yourself from the the more important things um why do we do that dr gina to avoid pain (laughs) man i'm taking a theme (laughs) it's rare that Initially, we want to numb ourselves from good feelings. People tend to embrace joy and happiness. Unless you're defeatist and you're like, this is not going to last. So you could also shut yourself out from uh, what people call positive emotions. Um, But usually people numb out because there's some form of pain and it's a form of protection. And for some people, it's to protect themselves from feeling even more pain. And what happens when you numb out? Well, you feel relief from pain. So, yeah, sometimes the pain could stem from stress, overwhelm, PTSD, grief, depression, addictions, you name it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What are some of the ways that people numb, numb out? Like, what are some of the ways that people sort of, it's, so, so the idea here, I would assume, is that we're shutting our brain off, right? We're, we're, we're watching TV, we're, like, is that what we're talking about here? What are some of the ways that you're talking about? Of people well, you're, you're actually, you're not shutting your brain off. You're actually disconnecting from feeling. So disconnecting from your emotions. And if you numb out, consequently, you don't only uh, shut out difficult feelings, you shut yourself out from the possibility of experiencing positive feelings like joy and contentment. So how do people numb out? Um, They can numb out in front of TV, social media, uh, drinking, smoking, cocaine, you name it, any drug disconnects you. Sorry? Oh, I said video games. Video <laughs> games is popular. Uh, shopping. Think of any addictions. It's a way to numb out. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone will have coping. So keeping busy. You can be a workaholic. So it, it, 
it's positive because you can go, oh, I'm just working, but really you're disconnecting from feeling by keeping busy at work. So it reinforces, well, it's still okay because I'm working overtime, it's productive, so it looks better than popping painkillers or, I don't know, smoking crack. Uh, <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, you can, um, you can numb out with uh, exercise, anything that disconnects you from feeling. And it's, it's escapism from facing whatever you need to face. Uh, so why are we so afraid of feeling our feelings? Mm. That we would go to the point of, although I know that numbing out is um, like those things seem enjoyable, right? like needing to uh to sort of get home after a hard day and not and not think about everything that's that's you know um and it it becomes an issue when it's habitual or when it's uh when you use it as a crutch too much and, and all of that stuff but why is it uh why do we do it and um and is it actually beneficial for us at all to numb and out. I, and I have, yeah, and I have more on that later. Go ahead. Well, whatever it is, it's an avoidance of pain. Whether the pain is you can't make a decision, whether the pain is leaving a marriage, whether the pain is extreme anxiety, the common the commonality there is pain and and fear. And why do we resort to it? Because it feels good. We get relief from that pain. We get distracted from the pain. So what reinforces numbing is relief. It's that simple. So Not complicated. <laughs> I mean, I can use my story as an example. You know, when um, my anxiety was at its highest, like I... I, I would say I was functioning. Like, I was in school. I was finishing my undergrad degree. Um you know, but anything went wrong, suddenly I was just kind of off my rocker and I needed to, the only way I could, I didn't know what was going on, essentially as it was. And the only thing I knew that kind of stopped me from, you know, my mind from racing and for the next three hours thinking about this horrible thing that's going to happen, you know, is I would scroll through social media or watch TV. Like it was, it was almost like a coping mechanism because I didn't know how to cope properly with those feelings. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Kind of Ben, yeah. looking at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course it makes sense. My, like, I, I've done that too, obviously. Um, something that I uh, have thought about when, when talking about this topic is um, so many of us have done this during the, the pandemic. Mm. And, um, you know, like, the, the things that we're doing to, to stay busy or stay productive could be, you know, whatever, whatever. So I had a, a disastrous first two months of the year um, yes. with family stuff and uh, both of my parents being very ill and, and all of uh, that horribleness that was the beginning of the year. And um, the last, the last week of February and the first week of March, I completely, uh, I, I hadn't numbed out really at all during January in the beginning, first three weeks of February. Um, I hadn't taken time to do anything. 
and everything had like settled by the third week of February. And I took two weeks and I rewatched the entire series of new girl. And I played uh, video games the whole two weeks. And like, I don't like, I barely did any work other than that, honestly. And, uh, and it felt so horrible to numb out like that, that, um, when the pandemic hit and everybody was like, Oh, we have time to like sit around and do, I was like, Oh yeah, I just was doing nothing for two weeks. And I felt the uncomfortableness like rising inside of me that I was like, I need to go do everything that I like and feel, feel so like, so since, so during this time, I've really been trying hard to, when feelings come up, deal with them, you know, and then go back to being productive and and choosing happiness and all of that stuff. And uh, I'm so sorry. I ate a protein bar like 20 minutes ago and choked on some water and I can still feel it. <laughs> no. so, so I keep like wanting to cough. Uh, and it's just because there's a nut like stuck. Yeah. Yeah. In the back of my throat somewhere. Um, and uh, but anyway, so I. What what so what my question is here for this is that I found I think at least and I could be wrong, which is why I'm asking you. I found that the things that we do to numb out increase our anxiety because we're not dealing mm-hmm. with the situation. So when I was in the middle of this hell mm-hmm. for the first seven weeks of the year. I, there were bad days. There were days when I was sobbing and there were days when I was okay. And there were days when I actually felt numb, not the numbing out that we're talking about, but the like empty. And yeah. And, um, but there were days when, but, but I didn't do the numbing out thing. And then, and I was fine. Like the anxiety wasn't really that bad. But then during those two weeks when I was, playing video games, watching TV, uh, you know, disconnecting from my emotions for those two weeks and sort of living on autopilot. uh, That's when my anxiety started to really creep back in. That's when, uh, that's when fear started to really creep back in. That's when like I started to become more in my own head because which is which is what you were saying you don't turn your brain off you disconnect from emotions and it felt like that was making everything worse mm-hmm. and is that something that you see or yeah the 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 best way to make anxiety worse is to gain temporary relief from it with um inadequate coping skills so the best way it, to make anxiety worse is to gain temporary relief from it yeah by by dysfunctional skills. So example, when, when um, a lot of parents with kids who have anxiety, what they resort to is um, reassuring the kids, no, you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay. And, and so in the short term, the kid feels better, the anxiety goes away, but that wears off. And then the anxiety gets worse because what they learn is, only reassurance brings me relief. So they become highly dependent on the parents reassuring them, reassuring them. And if the parents aren't there, they're going to ask their friends to be reassuring. And, and it becomes 
it just makes it worse because it feels good in the short term. So numbing feels good in the short term, but it's a not a it's not a long term strategy. And that's why we feel worse because we don't get better and we need more and more of the dysfunctional strategy for it to work. So there's some amount of numbing that's healthy just to be able to function in the day to day. So it's when the numbing disconnects us from our values and from living the life we want to live. If the numbing um, provokes a lot of isolation, disconnection from activities that bring you joy, usually uh, you detach from others, you detach from all your feelings um, and suddenly you feel, feel flat emotionally, physically, and you're not participating in life, then you know, okay, my numbing is not working for me. But if to numb once in a while is, is, is okay. If you need to numb, let's say something really not very good happens just before I'm, I'm going to go on with a client, I need to numb to be not fall apart with the client in front of me. So in that way, it's okay to numb but then get back to whatever issue arose after I've met with a client so I can deal with it. So, oh, sorry, go ahead, Gina. No, I'm good. I was saying, so then I guess maybe the question for our listeners is, you know, how do we start to deal with these difficult feelings? Well, first we need to understand why do we have feelings? Feelings have a purpose. They're basically our GPS. They're the first line of communication with the outside and inner world. If something feels right, doesn't feel right, then our brain interprets it and gives us some direction what we should do next. So if if you're around someone who constantly makes you feel bad about yourself, you want to look at that feeling. And if you look at it in the eyes, you'll go, okay, maybe this person is doesn't have to be abusive, but keeps putting you down. It feels bad, so maybe I need to put an end to this friendship or relationship, whatever it is, could be at work. So our feelings need to be felt because it, that's what guides us in our choices, in our values. If we numb them, um, we're writing this life without a map, and our feelings are very important. So if we understand that feelings have a purpose, we want to connect with them. So the first line is connect with the pain um, because we can't, if we shut down negative feelings, we're going to shut down the good ones automatically because the brain doesn't discriminate. They're just feelings. They're not good or bad feelings. That's our interpretation, right? If, if you feel joy when you're with someone, well, that's a sign you want to hang out with this person more because you feel joy. Um, so the first line, understand the pain, unpack it, try to figure out what's, what's happening, address the pain, find a solution. And what's going to help you find a solution is to connect as always with your values. So what matters most to you will help you prioritize and define your actions, what you're going to do next and not isolate yourself, have a good support network, reduce stress as much as possible. So eliminate any pain that you can control. 
be physically active, so come back and connect with your body. Because feelings start in the body. They don't start in the mind. Well, I lived life wrong for a long time. <laughs> I still live, still live life oh. wrong. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not perfect. Or am I? No, you're not. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Crystal, well, this was sort of your uh, topic for today, um, which I'm sure that you love us reminding everybody. But uh, topic was it? Mine? It, was your, it was Crystal's. Crystal Tubbs, uh, braveandboldwriter.com. Um, and uh, so, like, what are your thoughts about what she's saying right now um, in regards to the things that you can do to, to protect yourself, or to benefit from, from this, um, to, you know, to avoid numbing out and to feel the feelings that you have? You know, um, I don't think I learned that until much later that, you know, I... I learned that I had anxiety. I learned that I had all these really terrible coping skills, but I think that was kind of the piece that was missing from the mindfulness anxiety class that I took. You know, I I love meditation, um, but sometimes it's kind of vague, like just sit with your feelings. You know, if someone doesn't really explain that to you, you know, you might not understand what that means or um, know what to do with that. So like a feeling comes up, you know, uh, okay, I felt anger and then like you move on, but that's not, not really how it works either. Mm. Um, But no, I don't know. It's just everything that Gina has talked about today. I I have um, learned that either, you know, through experience or through class or through other people. And I'm like, yep, that's, that's it. That sounds like everything. And it does make it worse. Everything makes the anxiety 100% worse, (laughs) Um, except dealing with the anxiety. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, Ben, or not. Uh, it did answer my question. Thank you very much, Crystal. You're welcome. Uh, Crystal made a good point. Is a lot of people don't know how to feel their feelings anymore because we live from the neck up. Mm. So a lot of people are disconnected from their feelings, so they don't even know what it feels like. And when I retrain my clients how to feel, I I tell them notice. Four key points. If you feel in the back of your neck, your throat, your heart, and your gut, these are cute, different. Oh, and your heart. So start noticing where it shows up in your body first and just look at it with curiosity without even labeling it. Just start noticing, like, is your stomach in a knot? Do you feel like a lump in your throat? Are the necks in the back of your head rising. Um, That's how I teach people to reconnect with their bodies so they can start feeling again before we can even label it. Because then there's the primary and the secondary emotion. So first, let's start with feeling in your body, noticing where you get tense and how you respond to people. So it's a new skill. And if when people just say, oh, connect with your feelings, you're totally right because it's like, yeah, how do you do that? Yeah. And many yeah. people don't know how. Absolutely. I was one of those people. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I, you know, I for a long time have had a, a really close friend who pushed for, you know, to address something when it was bothering you and, 
all of that. So that was, uh, he's always been really helpful with that, um, being that sort of feel the feelings in the moment type of person. Um, but I, uh, speaking of, so like I've had a lot of feelings that I sort of numbed out on, um, for a long time in regards to not necessarily like because I was, I decided to like play video games or, or watch TV or, or, you know, uh, drugs were never my thing or drinking. So that was great. Uh, but, um, but just things that you don't address. Right. And, but, but deep feelings of, uh, of whatever, whatever pain source they may be. And, um, and actually like, pushing yourself to feel those feelings and to address them and to name them and to feel them um, have been a, a wonderful bridge to healing them. And uh, that is a profound thing that I have personally uh, been experiencing in the past like month or so. And, um, and it was, yeah, but, but, but it was about actually like addressing your feelings and, and, and facing them and confronting them and, you know, internally. Uh, so I think that that is, I think that your advice today has been wonderful because that's exactly, I like, I've been doing that and, uh, and those deep seated, uncomfortable emotions, you know, um, and I think that that's a little, it, it sort of is the same and isn't because everything's like a microcosm of a bigger thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So like the issue, like the stuff that you were talking about last week, um, Crystal about like the school projects and stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. those little incidents that, that sort of set you off on the things that make you feel miserable or whatever, or uncomfortable and you make you want to numb out. Um, they are a microcosm of the bigger issues that are bothering you and the, the sort of like the core beliefs that you have. Um, and, uh, it's cool to, it is super cool to do the work, Gina. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and, and usually it's people are scared, but once you do the work, as you've noticed, it's not as scary as we imagine it to be. We won't fall apart and break. Right. It's like when you don't want to work out and because you're sore yeah. or you're tired and you don't want to work out, but you make yourself do it. And by like five minutes in, you know, you've broken a little bit of a sweat and like your body loosened up and you're like, oh, cool. Like, you know, this, this feels good. Like this, there's a reason why we do this. And um, I think that it's the same thing emotionally. And yeah. it's, but it's easier to not go to the yeah. gym or, or, or do the walk or the workout or whatever it is. It's easier to not sit there and go, why am I feeling this? You know, what's the, what's behind this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor. You are. But you still have a good gut feeling. So it feels better in the end. You, you feel satisfied just like the gym. no, People struggle to work out, but no one regrets working out after they did. Yes. And it's the same. It's, 
it takes courage to be vulnerable and look at the, your feelings. But once you, the light bulb goes off, you're so happy you did and your life is mm. better for it in the end. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, there's power and vulnerability that is probably the hardest thing to, to grasp yeah. because it's, it's in a package that looks like the opposite of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Doesn't Brene Brown have like the most watched Ted talk ever Her power of vulnerability or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about now that you say it. Um, I'm going to look it up right now so I can get the real thing, but uh, you should put it in the show notes. Oh yeah, you should, uh, Gina. <laughs> Remind me uh, so I don't forget. <laughs> I think um, it was the the power of vulnerability. Yeah, thirteen yeah, million views. TED Talk. Yep. Good job, Crystal. Cool. Golf Thank you. Uh, so so check that out. I know yeah. Gina, you're a fan of Brene Brown. Yeah, I like her a lot. Um, you put her in the show notes quite often. Mm-hmm. Uh. And um, so what are some of the things that we can do right now today to avoid the thing that we always do to avoid what we're actually feeling? What's the, what's the first step? What's the, what's the baby step we can take right now? I'll bet you you're going to guess it because I always bring it back <laughs> is to be mindful, to get off autopilot and, before you go do that thing you do to numb out, uh, stop and go, am I going to numb out? And is this going to enhance my life or just postpone what I need to look at? So if we can develop more mindfulness in the choices we make and more presence, then I think that's the first step because you can't change what you don't acknowledge. And second, okay, what could can't be change, something but you don't else? acknowledge. Yeah. Write that down, Crystal. <laughs> uh, too late. It's already lost. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the second thing, I'm so sorry, Gina. I keep derailing. Okay. Go ahead. No, and then look at alternatives. You know, you don't have to spend hours in self-reflection and make it such a big, big deal. But then the next step is... Um, make an exercise that let me pay attention to how I feel throughout the day. And the the easiest cues cue I use with my clients is doorways. Every time you go through a doorway, whether there's an actual door or not, check in, where's your mind at? Where's your, how do you feel? Where's where, how does your body feel? And are there an emotion, any emotions or negative thoughts popping up in your head? So that those are little cues to help you be more mindful to see where you're at. Um, yeah, Crystal. Oh, thanks, Ben, for calling on me. I raised no my problem. hand and everything. No problem. Um, I just want to say something that might be helpful to our listeners, too, is if I notice there's a pattern of my behavior that keeps coming up, is um, I'll ask myself, well, why am I doing this? You know, why do I keep doing this? Um, and then journaling has been really, really helpful about that, too. Yeah, uh, definitely. Journaling is super helpful. Just make sure that you don't actually you don't accidentally share your journal during a Zoom meeting uh, when you're trying to share another what document. 
Wait, cool. Oh, you like type yours? I actually handwrite mine. Oh yeah, I type mine. I I did the handwriting for a while, but it just it hurt. I don't know. <laughs> you um, gotta work those muscles. <laughs> yeah, no, they're very weak. They're used, they're used it, to it, it works the different parts of the brain when you write versus it, type. It does, yeah. And and I I mean I take notes all the time. Like this notebook next to here is is filled with stuff. But um, but the reason why I type is because I like to look back, yeah. you know, like a year and see where I was. Uh, anyway, it is time for our moment of gratitude. We end each episode with, uh, well, Gina, is there anything else you'd like to finish with on numbing out before we head into the moment of gratitude? Well, one last thing that uh, Crystal said, um, why am I numbing out? Sometimes why has a judgmental connotation and can block some people. Like, why am I doing this? So maybe ask yourself, oh, how is this serving me? It's the same thing as why, but in a less judgmental way. So what you're That's, saying is I'm incredibly saying, judgmental of myself. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> no, but it, it could, like, <laughs> yeah. literally in therapy, we try not to ask clients why, because they feel defensive. Mm. So um, Why is that? And why is that, Gina? Because, you see. Uh, she doesn't have to tell you, Ben. It, it just, honestly, I forget why, but it just, yeah, it's just judgmental when you go, why did you do that? So how is this serving me? How is this helping me? Uh, it's serving me wonderfully. Let's move on to the, yeah. to the uh, moment of gratitude. Crystal, why don't you start us off? Um, yeah, I think today... I am really thankful for you guys in the show. Um, it's kind of become a, a highlight of my week. I really enjoy the conversations and the deep thoughts that we have. And it's really, I think, become a bright spot and enhanced my life. So thank you. Wow, that's awesome. That's so nice. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna use that one today. So uh, well, too bad you asked me first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you know what I'm, uh, I'm grateful for is I had a really nice phone call with a friend um, earlier, uh, like uh, like an hour or so ago, and um, he had gotten a friend, client, somebody that I'd met, you know, during COVID, and um, and uh, he's been doing a lot of wonderful work, and uh, got some 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 big acknowledgement uh, for the work that we've been doing together. And, uh, and that is a lot of fun. And, um, and, you know, hopefully that that means we get to do a lot more and help out a lot more people. So, uh, so that's really cool. And, uh, yeah, so I'm grateful for um, the church. I'm grateful for that church that I've been working with for four months and uh, all of the wonderful people that they brought into my life. Awesome. Congratulations, yeah. too, by the way. Congratulations for what? You said that you got some. Oh yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was cool. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, I, sorry, I have no. I didn't connect it with myself at all. So, well, you said the work like, that we have been doing. So it's like, yeah, the work we're also that we've a been part of then. Yeah, but I, uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, if <laughs> if somebody, you know, when when somebody uh, contacts Gina and offers her like a book deal for the podcast. I don't think that I had anything to do with that. It's her words and that's the, 
you know, I'm just pressing buttons. Uh, so Gina, what is your moment of gratitude? But thank you, Crystal. I'm sorry that I'm shutting down a compliment. You um, really are. <laughs> I really am. I'm horrible at this. Uh, well, it's a good segue. So I have two things based on what you just said. Um, you did contribute to the podcast beyond pushing buttons. You you stimulate me with good questions. So you're part of my success as well. And I'm grateful for that. And the other one I'm facing my backyard, so I'm in a room with all windows, and I'm seeing my daughter pick up things, which means she's going to cut the grass, <laughs> which I'm so grateful for because I won't have to cut it. And it's been so dry here that there hasn't been grass to cut. So I'm grateful for the rain because now we have green grass, and especially for her help and now that she's older, she helps me a lot. And I sometimes I'm like, wow, I can't believe I used to do all this by myself. And yeah, so I'm very grateful for her help. That is beautiful. Really uh, absolutely. So, uh, Crystal, where can people find you if they, they want to get a hold yeah. of you? Uh, you can find me at braveandboldwriter.com, helping companies move online, uh, helping people do the thing. Do the thing? Yeah, do the thing. All right. And uh, Dr. Gina? DrMadriGrano.com. And stay tuned because I have a five-day clarity-free program, and I'll put a link on my website when it comes out. Awesome. Thank you yeah. very much. Have a good night, guys. We'll Thank see you, you next week. Bye. Take care. Bye. For more information or to book an appointment with Dr. Gina, Go to drmandragrano.com or click the link in the description of this episode.